Like I think I've told you guys before, the, the clients of mine that struggle the most are the ones that can't invest a lot of their money. And they're always the ones that are struggling with their retirement. So be open to being an investor. Understand that there's risk involved with investing, but you need to don't be crazy with your money, but understand that investing in things like real estate and stocks are things that really do help you. And they will help you combat this nasty inflationary environment that we're experiencing. Welcome into the Free Retiree Show, your go-to podcast for your career, your finances, and where we learn from people that have done amazing things. I'm your host, Wealth Manager, Lee Michael Murphy, and I'm alongside my two pals, Sergio Patterson, career advisor extraordinaire, interview coach. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. What is up, everyone? And everyone's favorite attorney, Matthew McElroy. Little stutter there. What's up? That was part of like the cool intro that I was trying to give you. You ruined it, but never heard that one before. <laughs> Were you like scratching? You're pretending to be. A yeah, I was like, is that is that supposed to be like a DJ beat you're dropping? <laughs> yeah, was like a D- I was trying to drop a DJ beat while I said his name. So whatever, screw you guys. I thought it was cool. <laughs> All right, thanks for tuning into our show, everybody. <laughs> Uh, today we're talking about inflation. Listening to a money management edition right now in the news. If you turn it on, everyone is talking about inflation, and we're going to talk about what the numbers show us. Is there a lot of inflation creeping up on us right now? What is the economic outlook right now in regards to inflation? How does that impact us? And we're also going to giving you steps to combat inflation. There's things that you can do and things that you should know about given the current economic environment. But let's just start off. Guys, what are you guys seeing in terms of inflation? Have you noticed anything over the last year and a half in regards to how inflation is impacting your lives, concerns that you have about it? Yeah, I think it's, well, I mean, it's kind of transitory, right? It's like some things have been very extreme and then some things aren't hit as bad. But I mean, it's still really soon, right? I think a lot of this is that we're going to see a lot of different scheme of things in the next, what, six months to 18 months. It's probably going to yeah, take a Yeah. It's like one of those like fancy yeah. words everyone's been saying. No, it's transitory. It's transitory. I mean, I don't know, man. I think what does transitory really mean? Transitory means that it's affecting only some areas and not others, right? It's just, it's, yeah, it's like, and it's, you know, like, I think it's temporary in nature. And like, I think I'm calling on the show, we like to call things that are bullshit. I think that's bullshit right now at this point in time. Like, well, no, but I think some of it is transitory just because of the problems they're having with the supply chain logistics and COVID, right? Oh, obviously. There's some legitimacy to that claim, but I think it's bigger than that at this point in time. But yeah, uh, transitory. I don't know. We can talk about that. Serge? I mean, I don't know if this is related, but what I'm seeing is gas. A lot of people are talking the the cost of gas. I think Mm -hmm. in California right now, it's over... It's around $5 a gallon. I think cost of food, there's like, I feel like there's a shortage of food. I don't know if that's a part of this thing. The used car market is kind of insane right now. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't know if Sergio is the best authority to talk about gas because, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, this is that. He tried the Tesla. The cost of gas <laughs> influenced me to buy a Tesla. Well, right? we actually, you know, listeners, we have two opposite sides of the spectrum. We have really Sergio the other one. who bought a Tesla who's like, 
you know, gas is high. And then we have everyone's favorite attorney. The reason <laughs> Matt McElroy is everyone's favorite attorney, he has obviously in a street fight, he's going to beat up whoever, whatever attorney he runs across. He's got an arm sleeve and he drives a Hummer. Amazing he drives a Hummer. He decided Hummer. to buy a Hummer. So Matt, how's, the ga- how's gas <laughs> right now with your Hummer? It's wonderful because I, I shop at Costco and Safeway and I use my points. And <laughs> What's it cost to me. fill up? It ranges. On a good day when I when all my Safeway rewards are at their highest, I'll get it for like <laughs> 90 bucks. <laughs> and then it, on the worst days, it's between 120 and 130. So, and the, the problem is not so much because some, some cars cost that much just because they have big gas tanks. The problem yeah. is really how long does that last? <laughs> That's because what does it get? Like 12 miles a gallon or something? I, that would be great if it did. Uh, no, it gets nine, <laughs> nine <laughs> to ten is the average. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. You know, well, the thing oh, is, like, this is a good example of, like, hey, I love the car. I obviously bought it because I have nostalgic value. I've always liked that car. Yeah. Nine to ten miles. I knew what I was getting into, right? It was definitely a, deci- a, a factor I took into consideration when I bought it. But I'd never driven anything that gotten that shitty a gas mileage before. So, like, you know, I was like, oh, I can weather nine to 10 miles a gallon. No big deal. And I get it. And I was like, oh, shit, this is different. Yeah. So you drive from your house to what? Morgan Gilroy. So, and the you office use- to San Jose. No, I'm just I, saying I, you drive to like Gilroy, you use a gallon of gas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, here's a good example is I went to uh, Redwood City, right? I got a full tank of gas and we went and visited relatives up in Redwood City. And then we came back, right? And that was half a tank, just going there and back. So that's pretty, pretty. Yeah. I mean, honestly, <laughs> dude, like this isn't what the show's about, but I think there's going to be a point. They're already making a push for electric vehicles. Like I'd say in the next like five, 10 years, like most cars are going to like the new cars are going to be electric. I'm feeling oh, that. Yeah. Coming. It'll be more electric also. than there are gas. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. What's really going to be a, a good business, I think, is those uh, charging stations. Like having like setting those up at random different places, like vending machines and whatnot. Hundred percent. Yeah, there's a couple of companies. Uh, ChargePoint, Tesla's going to open up their charging stations to, I think, all electric cars soon. But yeah, Lee, that's what I'm seeing, man. Is like gas prices going crazy, which influence us to buy a Tesla. Absolutely. I I, I like if I were to buy a car again, I would definitely be looking getting a Prius. <laughs> <laughs> like Sergio has convinced me that Tesla, like even though they cost a little bit more, you're not paying gas, you're not paying maintenance. Yeah. 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 You got to already one. made you three different trips to the that. shop. Like guys, our show is all about part of our pillars is making the financial mistakes. <laughs> Matt can tell you about Yeah, I was going to say, I'm leading by example, right? Yeah. <laughs> leading by example. Wait, Lee, aren't you going to buy, you're going to buy a Tesla? I probably will at some point in time. I'm in no rush. I'm going to drive yeah. my car to the ground and then I will probably hop on that train of drinking the Kool-Aid. But yeah, he's, he's you know suffering I mean? right now in his Mercedes. It's, uh, it's yeah, tough it's life, hard life. Yeah. <laughs> so going back to our, our topic, inflation, as you guys know, like we talk about the things that you need to be concerned about when it comes to investing, just so you guys know, like 30, 40% drops, 50% drops in the stock market. Absolutely does not concern me. I, I have a lot of faith in the monetary system in terms of the world of investing and the S&P 500 and modern portfolio theory. So those things, although most people would feel fearful and stressed out, they don't affect me at all. But the thing that does scare me is inflation. I don't think inflation. your clients are gonna like that, dude. I mean, like it's like you, it's all about positioning your You're money. saying I don't give a shit if the stock market drops. <laughs> no, I mean, okay, I, okay. Here's the thing: I'm concerned for my clients, but I'm not worried overall. Like I have absolute faith that those things will work themselves out. Right? Inflation is something that it's harder to just say like, oh, that's going to work itself out. 
like so just to clarify yeah i do feel bad for people when the, when you have those massive market drops but at the end of the day like if you position your assets correctly you should be fine inflation is another beast can you like ground us though like what is what's a high level definition of inflation just for the it's listeners. basically the devaluing of your money right so you might make a return of like 5% on whatever investment you do right but if you have like 7% inflation you lost 2% really right your no- your nominal return is 5 but if you have inflation at 7 you're really a negative 2 so even though you feel like you made money you really didn't cuz inflation just devalued what you thought you made things are getting more expensive so our money isn't going as far as exactly it would well, and, exactly. and think about that example of what Lee just gave, right? Like, say you don't put it in an investment, say you just keep it in your savings account and it's seven, inflation 7%, you're losing 7% on that money. You get the exactly. hedge when you've actually invested it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, you know, why we want to think that investing is optional, it really isn't. Like, I've always said, like, unless you have like millions and millions of dollars in the bank, maybe investing is optional for you. But for the normal folks, we have to invest, we have to be okay with it. But if you guys look at Argentina, that's a prime example of what inflation can do to uh, a country. You look at I don't know I don't know what happened with Argentina. Can you So like in 8 in 1895 Argentina was looked at as a very rich country. Like the wealth of someone from Argentina to the US was the same. Through the years they printed a lot of money, they've had a lot of social programs. They've basically had rampant inflation. And now the average person, if you compare an Argentinian to the person from the US has three times more wealth than someone from Argentina. And that is just a prime example of what inflation can do to your wealth. Same thing happened to Venezuela. Yeah. Right. Uh, Shout out to Venezuela. That's where my mom's from. Yeah. (laughs) Lee, you're spot on. Argentina. It happened to a lot of countries in South America. Yeah. So for today's episode, we're going to talk about what are the reasons behind inflation. We'll talk about specifically what we're going through today. And we're going to talk about what you can do to combat it. So this is going to be a really great episode if you want to tune in for it. I'm going to go to a quick break. But before we do so, make sure you smash that like button. We need that love. We need that support. And share it with your friends. We're going to take a quick break. But if you have any questions, financial related, career related, legal related, make sure you send them to ask at the freewithtime.com. We'll be right back. In the pre-retiree show. Today we're talking about inflation. What does it mean? What can you do about it? So, guys, we talked a little bit in the beginning about we're seeing the effect of the pump, but what else have you guys seen over the last year and a half in regards to like how inflation's been impacting your lives? What what about cost of food? Is that due to inf- I feel yeah. like when we go Absolutely. to the yeah, store, I, was gonna say, I feel like that's higher too, yeah. Right? Matt, that's like fun. as you got two kids now, like I feel like we're spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars like constantly on food. Like, and it doesn't go as far. Like we'll, we'll leave Costco. We won't get as much food, right? For like 200 bucks, you're not getting that much anymore. The other part of it is like, what about when you take your family out to eat? Oh. What about that? How expensive is that? Oh, I mean, I, I feel like if I feed everybody for under 40 bucks, that's a huge win. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just, it's just like that. It's the reality of it now, right? 
Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm talking, those are just like simple places, right? Like super taqueria or like, like those types of things. Like, yeah. I don't know yeah. if you guys we're not talking this. restaurants, like <laughs> well, know, restaurants, they've been actually including like a, a service charge. I don't know. Like from what I've seen, oh, like COVID, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They've been including a service charge of 10% or 12%. And that's like, some people are like, oh, well that's the tip, but it's not even like 15 or 20%. So you, you add on to that. And so well, and it probably screws the servers too, because then they see they're getting that 10% and they're less inclined to tip a good tip when they are getting that extra tacked on. And then it's like those servers yep. are probably already hurting anyway from not the you know same consistency of business as before. Lee, I think you're right, dude. I, I was wondering why when we're going out, there's, it seems like it's a little bit more every time now. Yeah. Right? I need to start looking at my receipts because I tip good usually. So I'm I'm I'm, tip, I'm tipping I'm tipping well tipping well. My wife would want me to tip more though. She's she used to be a service. She hammers me if I if I'm not tipping twenty every time. So I am. Uh, but thanks to my wife, I am, I'm held to the standard of high tipping. So let's talk about some of the stats that are coming out from the third quarter October. So the consumer price index surged six point two percent from a year ago. And that is the most since December 1990. For October specifically, CPI increased 0.9%. It was estimated that it would increase at 0.6%. So we're heading higher than what the expectations are right now. A fuel prices. Now, this is a great one. Matt will be able to relate to this one. They soared 12.3% for the month as part of a 59.1% increase over the past year. And so, guys, I'm driving much less now since COVID happened, like significantly less. But I feel like my gas bill is about 40% higher than it was before COVID. I don't know if you guys are feeling the same thing. Well, Serge doesn't because Serge- I am not feeling that pain. He drives a Tesla. (laughs) But Matt, you can relate with me, right, buddy? Not too much. I don't really drive anywhere. Okay. I'm a homebody, right? Like I work at home, don't have to, you know, go to the grocery store. Lee, I, I was like, when you said it's it raised 6.2%, I was thinking, tying it back to some of our career stuff and, and raise, trying to get raises. Some people's raises are like 4% and under at a lot yeah. of tech companies. So yeah. we're say, what we're saying is your annual raise isn't even matching, covering, yeah. covering yeah. inflation. That's what we were talking about like uh, on the previous episode. Is like, you know, well, think about how many people are already underpaid too. And then on top of that, right now they're, you know, now they're screwed on inflation and they're underpaid. So it's just going to create like a bigger a gap between the rich and the poor. I mean, that's really what it's going to be. So this, this makes sense, Lee, like why you're more concerned about this versus a stock market dropping because the stock market yeah. will correct itself. This is actually impacting. This is something everyday that people. it makes us like our, what we make, what our livelihood, it, it can make it worthless. I mean, I don't want to scare everyone, but man, this is, we just went through Halloween not too long ago. Where, so I'll use this analogy. If you're looking at it, like what is inflation is Freddy from the scary movies. This is the bad guy right here. It's not volatility. Actually, although it seems scary, it's something that helps you in the long run. You take on a bit brisk, you get more reward, but man, inflation, it's one of those things that it's not really a lot of good when it gets out of hand. You want a little, keep it that 2% you know, every year. That's great. But 
these numbers that we're getting, no bueno. That's tough. So also in California, we're seeing gas prices at $6 a gallon in Northern California. Some places are charging $6. Matthew, the reason Matthew McElroy is a homebody is he can't afford to drive to anywhere. He's out. You can see Matthew in his front yard washing his Hummer. And that's about yeah. it. He, he's not going many places right now. Used vehicle prices rise about 2.5% on the month, 26.4% for the year. So man, if you got a used car you're trying to sell, this is actually a good time to do it. Uh, new vehicle prices were up 1.4% and then 9.8% for the year. Food prices. So for the last month in October, we were at 0.9%. 5.3% respectively for the year. If we look at the category of meat, chicken, poultry, fish, eggs, those rose about 1.7% in the month and 11.9% for the year. On the used car thing, do we see do you think that's going to correct itself? I was cuz I I don't know if you guys have used CarMax. Have you guys heard of CarMax? Yeah, mm-hmm. heard yeah, of they, you, heard like of we've sold of car we've sold cars to them before and they offered me for my Model 3 Tesla, an amount that's like, I would make, I owe a certain amount. I would make like nine grand if I sold it to them. Wow. <laughs> and I'd be able to pay off my loan and then make nine grand. That's just right wild. Now. It's the used, wild. Mar- used car market. Cars are not supposed to right do now. that. Your cars are supposed to, yeah. you're like, supposed to take a loss on yeah, this. Yeah, but it's because why is it time. happening, right? You have to look at the reason why it's happening. It's because of this chip manufacturing stuff, right? That's going the on. That's shortage. my understanding. Yeah, the chip shortage. So it's yeah. like, I don't even really know anything about like the real background on that, but it's only going to be temporary. Right. And you got to think that whatever shortage is going on, they're going to, it's going to get ramped up eventually. Right. It's not like they can't make these chips. It's not like there's some barrier. It's like, it's just a, there's just the, it's like there's not as many new cars because of the chip shortage. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's causing these up in the used. Yeah, exactly. So I should probably sell my car. (laughs) Cause it's going to correct. It's going to correct. Well, yeah, the, the question is how long is it? Will it, you know, is it going to be a year, two years, six months? Yeah. So know. it goes back to yeah. our whole thing. Transitory, you know? Well, also, too, hell you know, does you know, that mean? The, 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 I hate, I'm, I'm getting so annoyed with all these people on the news. They, oh, it's transitory. It's well, not transitory. Here's a, here's a good example of why it's transitory. Look at, look at rent. Rent's going down. All these other prices are going up. The cost oh, of living. Is rent going down right now? I mean, it depends in where general, you're living. yeah. Depends where you're living. Well, I mean, well, no, but look at like Morgan Hill, San Jose, San Francisco. Rents are down overall for the year, as my understanding. I don't have any like stats Maybe. like Lee here to back it up, but you know, I, that, that's my general understanding. Maybe temporarily, but overall, I think there's a lot of data that's out there that's saying we're going to be moving to a massive like rent it, renters market just because the affordability of homes. So if you look at it, it's all about supply and demand, right? Like. In economics, there's a lot of BS out there, but like it all comes to supply and demand, right? If you have obviously housing, a housing market that's overpriced, people got to rent. Supply and demand means rents are going to go up eventually at some point. Maybe from the big cities, you're seeing a mass exodus right now because of COVID, but overall, I believe rents are still on the rise. Yeah, well, like, look at look at the example too of like what it costs to buy a house versus renting it. You go, you say like your average house in this area is like one point three million, right? What's a loan on one point three million? That's like over six thousand a month, probably, right? You're not right. going to rent what you're getting for one point three million for six thousand a month, right? You're going to get like three grand for it or something like that. You know, we're saying a traditional like three bedroom, four bedroom, two bath, right? Just cookie cutter suburban home. Yeah. It's like. 
you know what I mean? It's going to take a, a certain person to be, or a certain investor, I should say, with a certain amount of money to make that equation make sense. Yeah. 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 But I mean, everything that we're talking about right now, it shows that, man, inflation is becoming a massive factor. And so let's talk about the main reasons behind inflation. The first three are kind of like standard reasons behind inflation that you see. And then the last one I'll give is kind of like what's kind of specific to uh, COVID. The last two are very specific to the COVID environment. So n- number one reason behind rising inflation is an increased money supply. So if we look at what happened during COVID, you had people getting all these unemployment checks, making more money than they were when they were working. You had all these payment protection loans that a lot of business owners were getting. And I'm not saying the business owners try to dupe the system or anything like that, but a lot of them felt like they were going to need it. They ended up not needing it and they invested it. I've, I've, I've seen it with my own eyes. Many business owners ended up coming up from a lot of the things that our government did to protect us. So there's an increased money supply. Number two, declining value. Obviously, that kind of goes in hand in hand with the first one. Whenever you have an increase in the money supply or it's printed too rapidly, you're going to have, that's going to lead to inflation. And then supply chain. So when the pandemic struck, a lot of companies were trying to maintain production, but you know people were getting sick and they couldn't have factories in operation. So that caused a lot of issues with the supply chain. What Matt, you mentioned in the beginning, that caused a lot of difficulties. And thus, we have a lot of goods and services that rose in price because of supply chain. And then the fourth one, which I think is unique to the current environment we are in, is wage inflation. As we've talked about before, we're living through a historic time, the great resignation where massive amounts of people are leaving their companies trying to do different things. And they no longer want that crummy pay that they were getting before. They want to go find their next job and they're not willing to do what they were doing. They don't want to work the the night shift or clean the bathrooms for X amount of dollars anymore. They want more or they want higher pay. And Serge, are you seeing that? You know, yeah, yeah. What you see in Silicon so, Valley? Yeah. LinkedIn is calling it the great reshuffle. I think there's a lot of people are saying it's a great resignation, but it's really just people are, yes, they're resigning, but they're actually trying to find somewhere else. So it's almost like a reshuffle. That's like the way I'd frame it. And it's to your point, Lee, like people are fed up. They've had all this time to reflect and they're like, let's figure out something different. So people are starting to definitely change jobs, careers, all of the above. Yeah. So we'll go on to the things of, what you can do to combat inflation. So I've come up with seven, some, uh, seven tips to help you combat what we're experiencing. So tip number one, own real estate. So obviously we're seeing goods and services spike up. So lumber, that was a big issue, right? During COVID. I'm sure you guys heard about wood, right? And how yeah. lumber was skyrocketing, which was- Well, hold on. Sorry, Lee, I don't want to cut you off. Before you go further, is, it, is this another one of your tips for the top 1%? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering because <laughs> he started Top off with one in real estate. So, so attorney Matt McElroy is still bitter about my uh, travel tips. He called it the travel tips for the one percent. No, Matt, this is. So I think that was Sergio's title, actually. <laughs> oh, it is Sergio's title. Yeah, we, I think we we worked on that together, Matt. We, we yeah, yeah, it's we, collaborative. Yeah, we, you guys worked together against me on that. Congratulations. They feel very. But proud, yeah, like so. own real estate. I think it's a good tip, or maybe like explore the opportunity or something like yeah. I've been thinking of well it depends like, your state, outside right? of we're, bays, we're, there's opportunities yeah. like outside right. of the bay for sure we I could do something I can't do anything exactly. in the bay but yeah. even almost the California is kind of hard too you have to go outside to like some of these other states and then that's where you really find the kind of like oh wow that's 
great deal. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, whether you own it where you live or outside, the, the message is simple. When you have periods of inflation, real estate is a great tool for you to have in your basket that's going to help offset it. I got one more question on that. What, how, do you still do you feel that way even in light of how crazy high this market is right now? It's, a, it's at a peak, right? Or it could be, right? It could keep going. But in, yes. in reality, we're really high already. So like buying at this high, I mean, I agree. Traditionally, property is a good way to combat inflation, but it's like, it's weird this time. It's weird because it's high already. No, I hear I hear you on that. And you might have a valid point that you have real estate markets pretty high, but you know, I'm just looking at the historical uh this historical data and having real estate during inflationary periods has been a good thing. So yeah, maybe there's a housing crash, who knows? But I think the general message is when you have periods of inflation, real estate works for you. There's advantages there. Well, also too, it's like everybody's all primed off of, everybody knows that all this money has been pumped into the economy and the word inflation is being, like you said, transitory, all this stuff's being tossed around like crazy. But it's like, in my head, are we really seeing the effects already? I feel like it's going to be like, that's a thing that we don't see for a couple of years, right? How are we seeing really in six or seven months, the full effects of inflation and whatnot? Or not the full We're effects, seeing you know, it. We're seeing it already. Ooh, but but sure. also too, it's like, you got to think like everything's weird right now. The, the world's not normal from COVID yet. So how much of that is attributed to the weirdness still going on that we haven't like fully recovered and come out of? Yeah. To your point, like, yeah, some of this could be transitory, but I still think that there's enough data that's out there. And if you listen to the Fed projections, like they're underestimating every month of like what the inflation number is. So like, I think it's, I think it's bigger than that. It's probably... Yeah, some of this is transitory, but then I think also that a lot of it is bigger than that. Well, I, I'm not even saying like transitory. I'm saying like like we haven't even really seen the real inflation yet. That's coming in like two oh, years yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the real effects haven't even really hit yet. That bomb's yeah. not dropped. <laughs> yeah. I think we're feeling some of it though, but I think it could be prolonged. We'll we'll have to see. Because it just um, doesn't it seem quick? Like just the way things work and like the world like it just seems really fast to, to the amount of money that was pumped in for us to really be like oh that's what's that's the cause and effect it's like no we haven't even seen the effect yet there could be more to your point yeah i, I agree like this could be just the beginning i mean how scary. much worse so it could get worse yeah yeah, yeah. well i think about <laughs> gas right because it's pretty bad it's like, pretty bad right now well yeah, think of that what that would do worse. right if say gas went up to like nine dollars a gallon right that whole thing that you guys were talking about of electric cars is that's going to come into fruition for sure then, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I just purchased a moped. That's going to have to <laughs> yeah. accelerate. Solar power. Yeah. yeah Solar you power. Moped. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, the Hummer's coming out with an electric one. Like, so oh, I know it's badass, too. but it's, it's probably like a hundred grand. Uh, yeah. I checked it. It's like, it was like one ten or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> something ridiculous. <laughs> so let me go on to number two. So number two is kind of tied to number one. And this is going to be an interesting one. I think you guys will appreciate this one. Utilizing debt to combat inflation. Now, one thing that we've seen and heard in the media, a lot of people out there say, oh, de all debt is bad debt. And I am someone that I believe that credit card debt is bad, student loan debt is bad, get rid of that stuff as soon as you can. But if you're using debt for real estate, I think there's a lot of power there. If we go back and we think about like what home prices were in the Bay Area like 10 years ago. Like, let's look at Gilroy, right? Since you guys are in that Gilroy area. We looked at these homes for like 400,000, 500,000 in Gilroy. We're like, oh my gosh, that's so expensive. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at it now. Like, imagine that you took out a loan for a house then, 30 year loan, 
at a really generous interest rate and it's over 30 years think about like what that what happens to that debt your your real estate appreciates inflation happens and then all of a sudden that debt that seems so terrible you know really allowed you to get an asset and your debt over time is becoming less and less because of inflation now we have to like stop these like generalizations right all debt is bad debt like that's just you hear that from a lot of financial gurus and that's just not the case like it depends right when you get debt for real estate and you're buying an asset that works for you it's not bad generous interest rate now if you had a massive interest rate on that debt that's a different story but right now interest rates are super low and using that to your advantage is a powerful thing any questions on that one guys yeah a little bit like cuz the example you're giving it's it's mainly focused on property right yeah mainly focused on property. I'm not saying student debt or credit card debt. That's that's bad shit. So, but. so I shouldn't take out a loan and, and go all in on crypto then? No, I would not suggest that. <laughs> no? yeah, that could be good debt. I thought you believed in crypto. I thought we all believed in crypto. <laughs> I thought we were part of the Ripple Army. What's going on? <laughs> Everything on Doge? Dogecoin or whatever? <laughs> yeah, I so. think it's a good point, Lee. Like, What's funny is the house that I'm in is a standard four-bedroom, three-bath. And Gilroy and the guy, I'm renting it, the guy who bought it 10, 12 years ago for like 300000 mm-hmm. I looked in Zillow today. It's 1.2. Yeah. Jesus. Wow. So and that's a perfect example, <laughs> right? You got all these people on the media saying, oh, don't take out big loans for your homes. I mean, that's not realistic. You got to take out you know, loans for homes for most of us. You can't pay all cash, especially if you live in a place like the Bay Area. But you look at it as like, when you have these great interest rates, you can use it to offset that debt and you've generated this massive asset. Like that can be your friend in some cases. And that's how I'd encourage you guys to look at it, especially when inflation is involved. Number three, improve your energy efficiency. So we kind of touched on this already. We talk about your electric cars and how those can help save you money. Like for my car, I don't drive that much, but I think I'm paying about 500 to 600 a month on gas. I don't drive that's that a much. Lot. I really don't. That's a lot. <laughs> Dude, that's more than me and I have a Hummer. What are you doing? <laughs> I, I mean, I just drive to clients here and there, but I don't drive that much. I drive like two days a week. I might go around the peninsula, down the South Bay, like to see some people. But Is that, that you much. and Victoria's bill? No, it's just mine. Just mine. Just mine. That's, that's, dude, that's a lot, dude. That's like filling Maybe up. I drive like more than times. I realize. But yeah, well, Serge, what are you paying right now in your? He doesn't pay anything <laughs> for gas or Serge for my electric, like PG No, just your auto transportation. Like, what's what's your bill at, bill at right now? A zero. Like you don't pay anything for your. Uh, well, I mean, we pay. Oh, sorry. No, we pay to charge the car here and there. Yeah, yeah. What's that cost? So for. for can you really so distinguish I, that from your regular yeah, electricity bill? Yeah, yeah. So you can actually track it. There's an app, and I did it. I did it like probably a month ago and I think over, so I've driven on our white car, 27,000 miles. And I think oh, over the- That's year, a good amount in a year. Yeah. We've, well, we've had it for almost two years now. For the year oh, and a half, sorry. I think I've spent $800 on charging for about well, two years, almost a year and a half. Wow. So you're, that's like Lee's gas bill for one month almost. <laughs> yeah. And then that's we great. don't notice our electricity, like it doesn't impact our PG&E bill. This is it's more when we're going to the Tesla chargers where you actually have to pay. Wow. Oh, you oh you have to pay at those? Okay. So like when you say you're close to E and you go to one of the Tesla chargers and fill up, what's the cost? Anywhere from like three bucks to fifteen bucks. Wow, that's, that's it just depends cool. on how low I am. Wow. How hard is it to find one? Like say you're out and just 
out they're, and they're you go, oh, I got to find a charger. They're everywhere. They have Tesla as the biggest network for any electric company. But yeah, especially, they're, especially in California. Yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah. So right there, as you can see, that's something you can do. If you're in a position to, that you need to get a new car, instead of buying a Humber like Matt McCoy, <laughs> go the Tesla out like Sergio. Energy for your home, light bulbs, obviously. You can use, they have a lot of light bulbs that are great on electricity. You have solar panels, ceiling, your windows and your doors. Those are all ways that you can protect yourself from the, the rising cost of Dude, Lee, energy. Dude, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I will say our PG&E bill is like, I don't know about you guys. I feel like it's way higher than normal. Well, because they like, do that special thing now from four to nine. If you use during that, that peak time, you're going to get screwed. Yeah. You know what I mean? You and get a higher premium tiers, charge. Right? There's like different tiers yeah. depending on where and you're And that's living. the map. If you use during those hours, which is like you have a family. So of course you're going to use during that time. Yeah. And I'm working it's from like, home. Like yeah. Yeah. PG&E is a whole nother thing, dude. Like the energy, the cost of just powering your home. Yeah. I'm not happy with them. Put California on fire and charge me a lot. Didn't we do an man. episode on that? <laughs> yeah, we did a while back. <laughs> it's probably, they probably just raised their PG&E. <laughs> like, yeah. Screw these guys. <laughs> So tip number four, invest in stocks, right? Make sure you're diversified. But well, what's the average yearly growth on the stock market? We'll like, just, just say it's that. around nine. We'll look at the S&P 500. And, um, and what, what kind of inflation are we expected to face on this new, you know, this round of money that's come in and everything? What's like- uh, and that's the, everyone, no one knows. Everyone's throwing numbers around there, transitory, blah, blah, blah. But like- my, Well, my know, question is like, is it going to beat the, just the safe traditional investments, or are you going to be in a losing game and, and going well, in those ways and have to be more? This last year was this last year was bad, right? But I think we can. I've heard numbers from like five point five. Now, now I'm seeing numbers at six point two for the year over year. So market did but way not. better than that. But let's just look at the average. Let's just say like the market does about nine percent. Well, that's it. Actually, does a bit better than that. But let's just say we're doing nine percent. There's your hedge to inflation, but it's volatile. You have to make sure that you're extending it out, or if you're investing, you've got years, not one year or a brief amount of time. But it's a long term way to combat inflation. But at the same time, say it's the let's just play with nine percent, and then you said six percent inflation. You're really only getting, you're protecting yourself, but you're only really making a gain of 3% per year, right? Yeah. That's, the, that's uh, pretty shitty, right? That's not, <laughs> I mean, it's better than losing money, right? It's better than losing, right? It's better than losing. And you hope that inflation isn't a long-term thing. I mean, we can, we had to hope that it goes back to normal and doesn't continue this path. So, but that's why I told you guys in the beginning, like market volatility doesn't bother me, but inflation is one of those things. It's like, it's a serious thing. You look at all these countries that were great powers at one point in time, and now they're suffering. But the reason we have like these, the, the way the US has been over the last couple of decades, modern monetary theory has become a big thing. Uh, we talked about it with our, our professor Kotlikoff, and he's not a fan of modern monetary theory, doesn't believe it works. There's a lot of economists that are in the same boat as him. And I feel like there's a handful of economists that think that modern monetary theory is okay, that you can conceivably bring in $10 from taxes and spend 12 and you'll be fine. But there's a, there's a lot of debate on that. I Personally, I won't give my opinion on it, but I, I think it's still scary no matter how you look at it. Lee, what's the normal, like what's the next an inflation percentage we are okay with? Is we want two. Two, two to three, I think is okay, the, so we're the Fed always tries to go for. We're double that right now. Triple. 
I'm sorry, over, we're triple that right now because we're over at six. triple. Of, yeah, of, that okay, is, six. You're saying six? We're six. Yeah, okay. I think two is like where you want to be at, and we're at like six point two right now. So kind of getting that dangerous, definitely in the danger t- uh, territory right now. Number three is commodities investing, so that you take benefit of the increase in agriculture prices, gas, oil, precious metals. Don't think that people should go overboard on this. I've seen a lot of people make the mistake of putting too much money in these sort of assets and they don't have- Like gold in particular, right? Yeah. A lot of people you see, they're all about, oh, gold, my gold's made this much money. I mean, your gold sucks. It it hasn't done that much. Well, gold is a traditional hedge against inflation, right? It's like one of the, it's like property. It's like one of the the core ones that people believe in for that, but- It it is. It's gone up and it's gone up over the years, but- I mean, you look at the historical track record of it, uh, track record, and it's not that great. And people act like, "Oh, I made this much money on their gold, on my gold." And it's like, dude, you, your gold is a terrible investment. Like everyone that you see online, that's like, "Oh, my gold was so great." Like you don't know what you're talking about. Like it has not done that well compared to the market. It's an, it's okay during temporary points in time. Like we're going through something where. It starts to look a little bit more advantageous, but it's all about that long-term track record and it doesn't have that. So I'd say if you go and invest in those things, it's a small portion of your money and don't go overboard. That would be my tips on that. Tip number six, treasury inflation protected securities or TIPS. And this is for the people that are in their retirement, don't want to take on a lot of risk. TIPS are a sort of a fixed income instrument that will you know, offset the inflation that you get. So uh, you you might get 2% return on it and then say inflation for the years at 2%. So it'll offset. It's a conservative instrument, but for people that are uh, in their retirement, don't want to take on a lot of risk, like we talked about, like buying real estate or buying stocks, they think that's too much, that it can be a good solution. And then my last tip, number seven, make sure you tweak your budget. So we all talk about you live in that 50, 30, 20 budget life that you, when you look at your expenses, that you're factoring in inflation into it. A lot of times people, they do their budget and then they don't revisit it and they don't factor in the higher cost of food. You need to apply that to your budget to make your budget work for you. So if you're looking at what you spent in food, make sure you add uh, extra costs that are associated with inflation and fuel and factor that into your budget. So you make sure your budget's on track. Those are my tips, guys. This is good stuff. I've honestly never have thought about inflation or factored it into any budgeting. Like I never think about it. Yeah, just yeah, one of those- kind of, there's nothing you can really do. Yeah, <laughs> it is yeah, what it is. Yeah. Like- yeah, you just okay, you just do it. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are in that boat. But yeah, there are things you can do. Like all these things that we talked about today, I think these are things that you got to consider in your fight against inflation because this is the things that derail people's financial futures. Like I think I've told you guys before, the the clients of mine that struggle the most are the ones that can't invest a lot of their money. They feel like, oh, I need to have this big bucket of cash. And I've had multiple conversations with them over the years, or they can't invest their money because they don't believe in the market that much. They're willing to only put a little chunk in there because it makes them so nervous. And no matter how how much I explain it to them, they can't do it differently. And they're always the ones that are struggling with their retirement. So be open to being an investor. Understand that there's risk involved with investing, but you need to, don't be crazy with your money, but understand that investing in things like real estate and stocks are things that really do help you. And they will help you combat this nasty inflationary environment that we're experiencing. 
So that's all I got today, guys. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Free Retiree Show. So long for now. Offered through Securities America Incorporated, member of FINRA, www.finra.org, SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed for the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is a investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of LinkedIn Incorporated or Microsoft Corporation. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.